1: It is the thirty-something movie podcast. It feels like it's been a while since we've been together. Has it been? It's probably been a couple. Well, a couple weeks for us, not for all
3: the people listening. Well, yes, because they're loyal listeners and they're with us every week, all the time.
0: I love the loyal listeners.
3: Yes,
1: yes, your loyalty is appreciated, comrades. That's right. So, speaking of loyal, speaking of loyal hosts, we'll start with the loyal hosts. How are you guys doing, Patrick, Bo? Hey. Ma- Dude. Life is good.
3: Right life on. It's good. Yeah. Summertime, summertime, some, some summertime.
0: Yeah. It's the hot and humid days of summer. Yeah. It feels like global warming. Never. End. I mean, the summer will never end.
1: I wish, I wish I was a baller, I Wish it was a little bit taller. I wish I had a girl. If I did, I would call her. Uh-huh. I don't know. That was pretty good. I don't know why I went straight mm-hmm. to that song. Why not? Yeah. Works. I mean, it works. works.
0: Yeah.
1: If the, sh- if the shoe fits a shoe fits. Yeah, I I think that's what that phrase is. Yes. This, this time around, speaking of eating shoes, our movie is beef Oven. So we have it's. We're we're continuing like the big dog movie trend of the last mm-hmm. few years. We've we've had Turner and Hooch. We've got beef Oven. So it just it's it, this is kind of like a 80s 90s kind of thing with the big slobbery dog motif. Hmm. So
0: yeah, it's it's interesting. Like we're we we live in a time now where it's like it's there's the Marvel franchise, there's the John wick franchise. There's the DC franchise, the star, like everything is a franchise. And if you come out with one movie, you're going to make 20 like that whole thing. And it, it, what follows a pattern and all that, but that's the real interesting thing with going year by year is that concept is not new. I mean, that concept of like, Oh, you're doing a dog movie. We're doing a dog movie Mm -hmm. and we're all doing dog movies. You know, it's kind of, it's just interesting to see that now, obviously.
1: You're doing Unforgiven. You know, three, we're doing Wyatt Earp. I'm doing Tombstone.
0: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. You know, it's just, it's, it's. That's just an interesting. It's just interesting to study that to well, see that.
1: And and I mean, talk about a cinematic universe. I didn't realize there were eight Beethoven movies. What? Yeah. Whoa. I knew of three. There are eight of them. <laughs> wow, wow.
0: That's a, wow. Savic, John. Where's the drop? Where's the drop?
1: <laughs> hold on. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there.
0: Eight Beethoven movies? That's extraordinary. What would you like to do next?
1: Mm-hmm. Apparently, another <laughs> Beethoven movie. Right? Let's see. There is Beethoven. Beethoven's second came out in ninety three. Beethoven's third came out in two thousand. But that's about as far as I knew. Beethoven's fourth was two thousand one. Beethoven's fifth, Big Paw, came out in two thousand three. Beethoven's Big Break came out in two thousand eight. Beethoven's Christmas Adventure. Came out in two thousand eleven, and Beethoven's Treasure Tale came out in twenty fourteen.
3: His big break, huh? Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, it's somebody steals his bicycle, and he has to go find it from the basement of the Alamo. Mm Mm hmm. Was it
0: over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor?
1: No, not at all.
0: The Germans hate. Yeah,
1: you know what? If if, if he's on a roll, if Pee Wee -wee had just—he's forget it, man. He's rolling. If Pee Wee had just printed up some flyers. Yeah. He probably could have posted those up somewhere. Do you know what he would have used to create those flyers? Huh. Adobe. Yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, it should have yeah. seen that coming. Yep. Oh,
1: no. All right. Well, everybody, this has been another episode of the 30-something movie podcast. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us.
3: It's actually been the last
1: episode of the 30-something movie podcast. We have
3: overstayed our welcome and... <laughs>
1: I will uh, I will see myself out a cessation of hostilities yes yes all right so yes yeah, so our movie this time around is beef oven and uh, spoiler alert we're gonna spoil things I mean it's a movie about a big slobbery dog I don't know how much you can spoil mm-hmm. but here, here's a spoiler he gets dirty he gets the house dirty he slobbers everywhere he eats a lot of food and despite all that he's lovable I'm
0: just gonna say, and I I've, I've, I totally had my oh my
1: god! This has been I'm the thirty-something movie podcast. I've described the whole movie in five seconds. Everybody, be excellent to each other, and I'd, whatever I don't know. I'm Did sorry. you
3: you forgot to mention the bad vet? Oh,
1: yes. There's the bad vet. I think his name is Doctor Vecna, Lord Vecna, something like that. <laughs> yeah. He's he's trying to experiment on dogs. He's a terrible, terrible person. The guy from the Hunger Games is there, and the guy that fixed up Robin Williams when he wanted to be a real boy, in Bicentennial Man, he was there too. The end. Cool. And then for the
0: for the bad guys, you got the Stanley Tucci, and who's he? Very he the, he
3: young was, Stanley Tucci. Yeah. yeah,
0: I I had to do like the triple take. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then who is this? Who is the other guy? Oliver Platt. Oh, Oliver Platt. <laughs> yeah. He wait, was the. The one of the lawyers in the West Wing. Yes. He was.
1: Yeah. He was also in the Disney Three Musketeers movie. Yes. Yes, he
0: was. And and, then, he,
1: and he was the scientist that helped in Bicentennial Man. He helped the Robin Williams yes. robot become more like a real boy.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had a lot of acting talent in this movie. Yeah. Are we going scattershot? I think we kind of interrupted the... We
1: are a little bit. No. Us? I, I got... Never. I got really high with my voice right there. I, I feel like I yeah. might have taken too much Manol Panera... Yeah. Manol Panera... No, 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 no. Manol no. Twain. I'm just
0: going to say... Hi, I'm Hi, just going to say... I typically don't do this, but I'm just going to say, like, as an official, like, cat owner for yeah. the last month and a half, yeah. the scene where the dog was just walking down the thing, and then all of a sudden, the one clip you get of the cat, and it's, like, all rare and nasty, mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know what, that, I don't know if that's accurate representation. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. But I don't want to be that guy, because so then were, everyone's going to go, oh, so Cantigallo gets a cat for a week and a or month and a half, so gonna, and suddenly so he's getting, all, a little, like, you know, You're
1: getting a little salty about the cat representation here. Uh, a little. A little, not too much, not too much. Do you feel like this movie is a white St. Bernard narrative? <laughs> is it a St. Hey, Bernard I, apologist film? Could be.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh. No, it's just a fun, cute. Do you feel like Beethoven was big dogging that cat? No. Oh well, yes. Beef Oven... I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, but but Beef Oven. <laughs> like, that's just because he's huge. I mean, right. there's
3: no, right. what you going to
0: do?
1: He's huge. She's a big, beautiful dog. I don't know why I went there. He's huge. What are we doing? I don't even know what we're doing here.
3: Yeah, yeah, we started with a plan, and then the plan went awry, and here we are. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the
0: face. It's true. You said rye. Right. I tell you, as a, com- that, you said, was a you that was you said and then my, I wanted a sandwich. Was uh, are you a good witch or Mike, a bad witch? Mike Tyson said that, I think. I want a sandwich. No, Mike, t- everyone's got a plan, then they get punched in the
1: yeah, face. Yeah, yes, I know. I love it when a plan Sorry. comes together, unlike this one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it came together. It just yeah. didn't come together well. It, it came together. It's just like gluten-free graham crackers. <laughs> the minute you touch them, they're just going to fall apart.
3: So oh, basically. Why would you say
1: anything that would ruin my stomach so? Well, because, well, all right, so I'll tell you a quick little story. We, we had one. Yeah. I, I had won tickets to a Cubs game. And so we, my lovely wife and I, went to a Cubs game, and we had a lot of fun. The Cubs sucked as usual. Um, well, they're terrible. There's no. They were very terrible. In fact, there was a guy sitting in front of us, and he was he was he was so old. How old was he that his phone <laughs> was set to like the highest possible text? Oh uh, goody! The, the largest font, which I believe is called the Dennis. And so we could see everything that he was texting in front of us. And he was texting one of his buddies. His buddy's name was Lenny. And he was texting his buddy. He's like, this is the worst. Was this dude's
3: name Carl? Because if it was. That would have been hilarious. That would have been
1: the best. Yeah. He's texting his buddy. He's like, this is the worst game I've been to in my entire life. I was like, whoa. Like, Hmm. it's not great. But I don't know if I'd say it's the worst one. Huh? That's but, pretty. That's pretty
0: hardcore. But regardless, we
1: were very, very happy because because my wife has severely allergic to gluten, and so we were kind of worried. The last time we had not been to Wrigley Field in like two decades, and so the mm-hmm. last time she was there, of course we we enjoyed a beverage and a hot dog as you do when you go to a, a baseball game, and she was like, "Well, I'm I'm not going to be able to do any of that." So I looked it up ahead of time, and I don't believe they have it on their menus, but if you ask at certain concessions vendors they do have gluten-free hot dogs with the gluten-free buns and and all that good so i did yeah unfortunately they are the same kind of hot dog buns that we can buy in the grocery store and bring home Mm -hmm. and these things when you look at them at a slightly wrong angle they start to fall apart and crumble uh, yeah, that's, that's just kind that's, of that's thing with all the like gluten free stuff is because it doesn't have the, I don't know if it doesn't, it uses like, the it wheat. doesn't have the glue. It doesn't have the glue from the gluten.
3: And so, yeah, it, just, oh, it oh, falls oh, apart. Dear. I am, I am sorry. No, it's, <laughs> it's
1: like all those, all those kids that used to eat glue in school. That's why they do. Why? It. I don't know. I don't know. I used to pick on those kids, so I don't know. Let's see. So far, so far on my list of notes here, we're on bullet point number two. Don't forget to visit our website, 30podcast.com. You can find all the stuff that's on there. Our Patreon, a Patreon group. Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. If you want to do the same, go to 30podcast.com, go to the donate tab, check it out there. We've got bonus episodes that come out every month on there. But thank you so much to those. Those are our other loyal listeners as well that are helping to support the show each and every week so thank you thank you thank you so much yes 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 all right so we, we're already pretty much all over the place we're kind of like kind of like a dog chasing a car just wouldn't know what to do if i caught one and apparently that's what we're doing with tonight's podcast so let's just jump on into the movie I, I think indeed I think we're there already so uh, the title of this one is Beef oven it was released on the 3rd of April 1992 and before anybody jumps on Twitter or email or anything like that I know how it's pronounced okay <laughs> you just look at it it's beef
3: isn't it amazing what Twitter does like really people oh it's
1: amazing what Twitter does let me tell I mean, you
3: really people
0: Pat, you're not you even on. Felt- Twitter. Uh, yeah i know i'm sitting back on my like i'm sitting back in the uh, late 1990s just like what is what is everybody doing out there like
1: okay
3: yeah it's just not right i'm telling you we're all
1: arguing on twitter and pat's just trying to keep his tamagotchi alive i what i i just
0: can never figure out why i come into work and like okay wait why is everybody mad at each other oh it was all said in the pretend world well no wonder everyone yeah
1: yeah in the upside down. do you know
0: what so and so thinks no, I don't know what so and so thinks because I can't read their mind. Oh, they put it on Twitter. Well, I don't care. I don't care because if they wanted me to know what they think, they'd tell me what they think.
1: Why don't we Otherwise, start, I just don't Why don't we start with do I care what so and so thinks? Yeah.
3: Nah. No,
1: that really is. See, good now
3: you're getting to the heart of the matter, my friend. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just, no. I just, I mm. just. So I said it before. I'll say it again. Beeth Oven, Beeth Oven, Beeth Oven is our movie. I'm going to keep saying it, too. I, I used to have music, and I absolutely knew what I was doing. I used to drive some of my music teachers insane when I would continually refer to the composer as beef oven in classes mm-hmm. when I was a kid.
3: Would you say yeah. you drove them insane in the membrane?
1: Yes. I would say, also, I did it a plethora of times.
3: Ah, you would say a plethora of them. I
1: would say a plethora. I had insane a plethora of in opportunities. the membrane. Mm -hmm. this movie we're never gonna get through this movie um Mm -hmm. this movie came out on the 3rd of april 1992 rated pg with a runtime of one hour 27 minutes directed by brian levant who also directed the flintstones and jingle all the way writers for this one were john hughes although he shows up in the credits as edmund dantes for those of you that have seen the count of monte cristo or read Mm -hmm. the book Uh, john hughes died in 2009 also written by amy holden jones Hughes also wrote Weird Science and Uncle Buck. Jones wrote Mystic Pizza and Indecent Proposal. Producer Michael C. Gross, who died in 2015, and Joe Medchuk. Gross produced Ghostbusters 1 and 2, and Dave Medchuk produced Stop or My Mom Will Shoot and Space Jam. Music was done by Randy Edelman, who did Twins and Kindergarten Cop and Gettysburg. Cinematography done by Victor J. Kemper, who did Clue and National Lampoon's Vacation. Editors were William D. Gordian and Sheldon Kahn. Gordian or Gordine I don't know if it's Gordian. Every time I see Gordian, I, I keep wanting to like mention a Gordian knot or something like that. And I don't think that's quite the same thing.
3: Oh, um, for
1: his sake, I'm going to hope not. <laughs> if he messes up tying his shoes, that's what he's got. He's got a Gordian <laughs> knot. Either way, Gordian or Gordine did The Cannonball Run and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1990 movie. Khan did One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Out of Africa. Budget was eighteen million, box office was and that most of that I think was kibble. The box office was 147.2 million. Flickmetrics gives it a dismal fifty-five percent, and CinemaScore gives it an A.
0: That makes sense. I, I, I can see that. I, that makes
1: sense. Charles Grodin, who died in 2021, played George Newton. He was in Midnight Run and The Heartbreak Kid. Bonnie Hunt was Alice Newton. She was in Jumanji and Rain Man. Dean Jones died in 2015. He played Dr. Varnick. He was in The Love Bug and Clear and Present Danger. Nicole Tom played Rice. She was in The Nanny and Superman, the animated series. Christopher Castile, or Castile, I don't know which one, played Ted. He was in Step by Step and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Sarah Rose Carr played Emily. She was in Kindergarten Cop and Father of the Bride. Oliver Platt played Harvey. He was in The Three Musketeers and Bicentennial Man. Stanley Tucci played Vernon. He was in Spotlight and The Hunger Games. David Duchovny played Brad. He was in The X-Files and Californication. Patricia Heaton played Brie. She was in Everybody Loves Raymond and Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Laurel Cronin, who died in 1992, played Devonia Pete. She was in The League of Their Own and Hook. Olan Jones played Biker Woman. She was in Edward Scissorhands and Mars Attacks. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt played, this was his first movie ever, he played Student number 1. He was in Inception and Looper. A couple quick trivia things here. Steve Martin was the first choice to play George Newton. Others who also auditioned for the role were John Candy, Danny DeVito, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Jeff Goldblum, Rick Moranis, and Robin Williams. I think any one of those would have been pretty funny.
0: Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned the Steve Martin thing because I totally thought, wow, d- like Charles Grodin seems to be playing this just like Steve Martin in Father of the Bride. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, it was just like the it's same. that
3: same older father, bumbling, frustrated old man kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Although, can
1: you imagine the scene if, let's say, the, the character of George had gone to, let's say, Jeff Goldblum can you imagine the scene where George is talking with Brad, and you've got Jeff Goldblum talking with David Duchovny? my friend. Chaos, you see. Yes, like both. I can see both of them. Just, I feel like you'd be, you'd feel like you were stoned if you were watching that scene. Yeah,
0: it was. A, it'd be a whole different kind of chemistry. Yeah.
1: Let's see. The trainer for the dog of this movie was one Eleanor Keaton, who was the comedian and actor Buster Keaton's widow. The American Veterinary Association was so upset about the depiction of a veterinarian as the leader of a dog napping ring that they were very upset and fired off an angry letter to the head of the Motion Picture Association of America. So apparently, the cat contingent and the veterinarian contingent were not happy with this movie. And
0: it's the representation piece, man. It just.
1: Mm, yeah. Well, we're, we're all learning. We're all learning. We're trying to learn. We're trying to be open to learning. It's important screenwriter John Hughes, oh, I always said this one before. It was kind of was credited as Edmund Dante, and this is one of the only one of the very few movies that he wrote that takes place outside of the state of Illinois. Otherwise for the most part, it's pretty much always in Illinois. There you go. Well, that's interesting. All right, well in this one, when George Newton's family decides to adopt a Saint Bernard puppy, the patriarch quickly feels outnumbered by the animal. Beethoven, the cute dog, quickly outgrows his little size, causing problems in the house. George's wife and children love Beethoven, but it takes him some time to recognize his more admirable traits. However, when a cunning vet tries to kidnap the puppy for a lethal experiment, Beethoven's life with the Newton family is put in danger.
2: Throughout the history of motion pictures, there have been many big dog stars. Toto had a big adventure. Petey had a big appetite. Rin Tin Tin was a big hero. And Lassie had a big heart.
3: You've come back!
2: But now, Ivan Reitman, who brought you Ghostbusters, Kindergarten Cop, and Twins, proudly presents the biggest dog star of them all. Yeah. Beethoven
0: No 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 no
2: no Wherever there's trouble <laughs> Wherever there's danger Oh my gosh, Emily's in the pool ah! <laughs> Wherever there's food
3: Oh, I just love these big dumb animals.
2: Look who's coming to the rescue. Whoa! Dad. Honey. With a little help from his friends.
0: Sick of boys! Really, hon? I never found you more attractive. Saturday night, oh, she drives me crazy.
2: George, who are you talking to? Charles Grodin. Ah! Beethoven.
1: All right. So, what I couldn't quite tell from the trailer there, it sounded almost like for a second that they had, they had. Dubbed over, or they hadn't quite finished the the voice work when Beethoven is shaking off all the mud and the slobber and everything else, and you've got Charles Grodin kind of going no, no, no like that, and it doesn't sound like his voice. I mean, I I gotta go. I would have to go back to the movie and play that part over again, but it sounded like it almost sounded like a little bit of like it's Pat from SNL. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh the dog's no. slobbering I don't know. Or, or a little no, bit of like a waving. Yes. Was a, a little sponge bobby, just a little bit. I don't know. It's it sounded a little weird the first time I heard it in the in the trailer there. But all right. As we usually start off with, we have our major moments in the movie. So we're going to run through some of that. We're going to kind of hop, skip, and jump through the plot here, covering some of the major moments in the movie. And we will kind of fill the gaps in in between there. We'll try to reserve some of our opinions for our deep thoughts segment. So this is more of just a getting you through the plot. If it's been a while since you've watched this one, or if you haven't watched it before, we always recommend that you pause, go watch the movie, and come back. But if not, we will get you up to speed. All right, so the very beginning of the movie is Beethoven, one of these puppies, manages to escape from a crime that is taking place. And they end up, the Newton family ends up finding him. We get introduced to the family and introduced to the idea that the dad does not like dogs whatsoever. Um, It's a little bit of a shaggy dog moment. Did you guys ever watch the, the old Disney movie, The Shaggy Dog? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh it was a, it was a little bit of that. a little bit of the the dad doesn't like dogs, and it's not really a secret. Right. Not a fan at all. But we get a little bit of a second major moment here. We get a little bit of a a subplot going on for just a, a tad. We've got Brad and Bree, who are played by David Duchovny and Patricia Heaton, are trying to negotiate this deal with George for his air freshener business, and they're they're trying to swindle him out of this business. And I, I, really got some, I really got some Christmas vacation vibes from this. I, I really wanted David Duchovny at some point to just turn to her and be like,
3: I don't know, Margot." Right. Like it's so this, it's such a similar feel. Yeah. It would have been perfect. Yeah. What is this doing in our living room? Something had to get the carpet wet.
1: Todd, <laughs> I don't know, Margot. Hi. So Brad and Bree, instead of Todd, Margot. We have Brad and Bree this time around. And Beethoven, as he is as he is growing up, there there was already some funny bits that we kind of skipped over just a little bit when they're trying to give Beethoven his name. Of course, I don't know with 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 the pets in your house. Was there much of a debate over naming your pets?
3: Yeah. No, not in my house. But that was because it was all about bribery. Well, that yeah. <laughs> our pet was
0: named by the foster mother, okay. the person that fostered it, and then there was about twelve hours of discussion of what we were going to change it to. And then I just called the audible and just said, "Hey, guess what? We're leaving the pet, the name that it knows. We're not going to change it. We're not gonna just yeah. The cat already has a name. Yeah, we're not changing it. I'm so that a was dude. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so that's the way. That's the way it went in our house. We avoided we avoided the conundrum that was represented in the movie.
1: Your cat's name is the dude. Any other name that anybody tried to come up with, it should have just been like, Yeah, well, that's just like your opinion. Your man. opinion, man. Yeah. Get Pat I, I am I am a little shocked, Pat, that you became the the proud owner of a pet with claws and you didn't name it Logan.
0: I, Indeed, I you know like i said there was all that and i i started falling into it too oh what about logan oh what about mm-hmm. that but then it just was like yeah well dad what we can do is we can each have a name for the cat so it can be logan fuzzy foot fuzzy butt fluffy kins so I, I don't know i'm just and then it was like okay, like, guys, we're done. The cat's name is, like, we're done. Yeah. Because I I fell into it, too. You know, so it just.
1: Which, oddly enough, when Wolverine first appeared in the comics back in in 19-whatever, Chris Claremont, one of his first creators, that was his name. It was Logan Fuzzy Butt, Fluffy (laughs) Foot something. Yeah. Yeah, that's always what I.
0: That's always what I think of when I when I think of the Wolverine characters, yeah. just e- fluffy.
1: Eventually, just for simplicity's sake, a lot of those other names fell by the wayside, but originally he was he was Logan Fuzzy Butt, Fluffy Nutter, I don't know. <laughs> Fluffy Nutter,
0: yeah. how was it? Nutter, huh? How was it? How was it in your house, John? Naming, naming the dog. Was it a big discussion like here?
1: Yeah, it was. We had a list of like nineteen or twenty names, and that was even before because we we went to go see him, and then we couldn't come. We couldn't go back and get him until the next day, right? And so that was, and that was a little precarious too because we weren't even guaranteed that we would be able to come back and and pick him up. Like if somebody came that morning and got there before us, then they could. Adopt him immediately and, and it would all be done and there'd be no dog. So that night before, like we were coming up with all these names in the back of my mind, I'm like, that dog better be there in the morning. because <laughs> Yeah, through this that could process. have been awkward, huh? But we did at the time. And I'm glad we went with what we did because at the time, like some of the names everybody was coming up with were a little bit more. I don't know. Everybody was not that they're not Star Wars fans now, but some of the names were like very centered on what Star Wars movie had we seen recently. Yeah, yeah. So, like, one of the names, and it would have been fine. It would have been a totally fine name for a dog. One of the one of the finalist names was Finn. Okay. One of the other finalist names was Ollie, because we'd been watching a lot of a Green Arrow and The Flash. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. So we had, uh, we had several finalist names. It ended up, I ended up kind of making the, and everybody's fine with it. I ended up making the final decision because I had a stuffed animal dog from when I was a really little kid named Toby. And so that was like Perfect. the final. I was like, Nope, that's, that's what his name is going to be. That's what we're going with. Done. Final, yes. final answer. Lock it in. Yes. Yes. So, but there is a funny scene where Sometimes they're trying to come just up gotta with make the call executive decision. Yeah. yeah, so there's a funny scene in here where they're trying to come up with names. and they this is, pretty, the, this, is, the ones, this is funny. This is funny. I don't think words for parts of the body make very good names. Yeah. He's and got dude, one of it... those. I looked. I'm sure yeah, he dad... does, but I don't think Daddy would want to stand on the porch at night yes. yelling that out. But that's what you call Uncle Richard. <laughs>
0: that, that, that scene, that writing fell so... Well, for me, I mean, I that was like laugh out loud. I'm like, okay, this is pretty funny. This is good. This is my favorite.
3: Was you asked for my input, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, because that's something I would do. Yeah, I would be that guy. I'm that guy.
1: (sighs) He's a dog, he doesn't have preferences. You could call him Ding Dong Head and he wouldn't know the difference, which oddly enough was not one of our 19 to 20 choices when we were. (laughs) Up ding ding
0: dong head yeah no <laughs> I, what was
1: the i, I we're a family-friendly podcast so i can't repeat it the uh, the name of steve martin's dog in the jerk
0: i don't remember Don't remember to be honest yeah. no
1: it's, me neither uh, yeah well now we all it's, gotta look it up because it it's it's a name that can't be repeated but okay you know, let's well let's let's do it this way you remember our friend jason kale that yeah. uh, used to teach with us and you remember how he said that he had a friend, I think he had a friend in college who was from either an Asian country or a Middle Eastern country, and their name was Shahid. Okay. Like their actual name was Shahid, But okay. if, you, if you sound that out and separate it a bit, it's spelled exactly yeah. the way you think it is? Uh-huh. That's um, the name of Steve, Steve Martin's dog and the jerk. Yeah. That's funny. I did not remember that. Yeah, That's it, good stuff. So don't if you're naming animals... Loyal listeners, if you're naming animals, don't use that name. Or don't use the name Uncle Richard either. Those are two names to avoid. Keep those, keep those off the list. And so we, we do get the kind of the other subplot or, or I guess kind of main plot going here of Dr. Varnick is an evil vet that is doing some experiments and, and needs, for some reason, absolutely needs Beethoven. He's the one that got away. So he needs Beethoven for this experiment. And so he's he's doing what he can to try to get Beethoven back and actually frames him, makes it look like he bit him and that he needs to be euthanized. In the midst of all this stuff, we do get some funny scenes with Stanley Tucci and Oliver Platt as the kind of bumbling henchmen.
3: Because mm-hmm. every evil vet needs henchmen.
1: Every, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Who else is going to take the dog's temperature? I mean, the vet's not doing that. Very true. No, he's he's not going to get his hands dirty. He's going to make the henchman do that. It all works out in the end. So that is major moment number three. Major moment number four is George finally confronts Varnick. He noticed he he goes in and tries to save. This is when he kind of realizes, no, maybe I do actually love this dog, or at least my family does. So i got to go save him. We can't let him be euthanized for this because – you know, it's, that's not going to work out well. And so mm-hmm. he goes and confronts him and notices that he has no bite marks on his arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so either it but a flesh wound and uh, healed quickly. He got better. He got better. I think I'm feeling much better. I think I'll go for a walk. But uh, there is no wound on his arm. So he confronts him, finds out that he's, uh, he's a bad dude that's been doing some bad things. And uh, his whole family shows up and uh, he punches him out right then and there. And uh, that's uh, he kind of redeems himself in the eyes of his family at that point. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: A couple other things we skipped over a little bit is uh, that Beethoven spends most of this movie while he is causing, causing mischief and slobbering everywhere and getting mud everywhere and doing all the things that a dog does in one of these movies, like a, a Turner and Hooch River of slobber moment, which, oddly enough, I think is probably where the River of Slime came from in Ghostbusters 2. It was the hellhounds from Ghostbusters 1 that just slobbered into the subways of New York City, and that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the midst of all that, in the midst of his dogly mischief, he is doing some other things where he is taking care of all the kids. You know, he's kind of the hero in several different moments when you've got the terrible babysitter. You know, and this this movie should also be a PSA for putting up a fence around your pool. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he's got the moment where he saves the little girl from drowning. He helps the boy with the bullies, which I thought mm-hmm. that scene that scene like reminded me of something else. He was chasing the bullies into an alley, and they all ran into a dumpster. Yeah. It was, it was really yeah. weird. I, I felt like I had seen that somewhere before. Oh. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Pat, how did you feel about that scene? Because I know you hate fantasy stories.
0: I was excited. I was like, all right, the dog's going to stand up for him. That's great. And then he growled, and the kids kind of ran away. I was like, well, maybe... Maybe he could have jumped on them, maybe yeah. slobbered on them a little bit, like yeah. something. But I get it. Dogs attacking kids. Want to show, you so. know?
1: he's a luck dragon, indeed. And then he helps the eldest daughter to find a way to break the ice a little bit with this boy that she's crushing on. So he has helped out the family in all kinds of different ways, brought them closer together in the midst of all of his hijinks that he performs. Then as we finish off the movie, the last major moment is Varnick is arrested for animal abuse. And apparently all dogs don't go to heaven. They go to the Newton's house. So the dad who is not a big fan of dogs now has a houseful of dogs by the end of the movie. That is pretty much it for the major moments. Is there anything I missed?
3: No, no, you've got his complete change of heart because he fell in love with a dog. It's time
1: to go just a little bit deeper. And now,
2: Deep Thoughts.
1: Whoa. Whoa. You know what seemed to be crazy? Yeah. If you had a conversation, now I'm starting to think of like the SNL. When SNL would do those skits of like the, oh, they would it would like to be the fake compilation albums that they would put out, and it was like Tarzan, Frankenstein, and gosh, what was the other one? It was like Tarzan, Frankenstein, and somebody else who like, rah, 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 they grunt a lot. It was them singing a Christmas album. <laughs> now I'm picturing yeah. with, with the Keanu Reeves, whoa, there. Now what I'm picturing is a scene where you have David Duchovny, Jeff Goldblum, and Keanu Reeves having a three-way conversation with each other. I would, I would love to see that movie. Yes. I would, pay hmm. big, I would pay slightly big money to see that. I think it would be kind of fun. Would be pretty incredible, but just slightly big. Just slightly big, not like Saint Bernard big, but like sure, you know, Beagle big, Beagle big. Yeah. All right. Initial thoughts on this one. We'll just we'll throw it right out there. Do you like this movie?
3: I do. (laughs) It. I liked it when it came out. It reminds me of. Just fun family movies from back in the day.
1: Did you see it when it first came out?
3: Yeah, I think we did. No, I think we did too. I think
1: we went to the theater for it.
3: I'm not like 100% sure of that, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know if we saw it in the theater. It's probably more rental, but okay. you get the idea.
1: Patrick, do you like this movie?
0: I do. It's fun.
1: You sound... Get, about it. <laughs> it's anti-cat, so he's having to weigh his words.
0: <laughs> it's anti-cat. That's fair. Yeah.
1: If if you asked me two
0: months ago, I would have been all in. Right. No. It's it's a fun it's a fun movie. I I think the kids the kids do a fantastic job in it. You know, Charles Grodin is great in it. The bad guys are you know dastardly in it. The yuppies are fun. It's it's all right there. There's one shred of me. Do you guys remember The West Wing? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first season when they, it's, I think it's the one, it's the six meetings before lunch and the cold open is Toby walking in and he's just like, guys, I feel great today. What a great day. And he sees his assistants and all that. And he says, you look wonderful today. And they all look at him. They're like, Oh, okay. Thank you. And he's being nice to people and he's complimenting people and he's just this, I feel great. And this, there's something. And then he's like, there's something, there's something wrong with me. Someone's got to snap me out of this. Like, and he's just feeling good about everything. And then the very end is, and what was the gal? She played like their lawyer and she was on for one season. Her and Josh had had a relationship previously. What was that character's name? She was only on for one season. She had dark hair.
3: Oh gosh. um, I just had this conversation with somebody. Not anyways. That gal comes uh, walking
0: into a Toby.
1: Wasn't Mandy. Was it?
3: Yes.
0: Mandy. 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 And, and Mandy comes in and Toby is just like, he's totally out of character. He's totally having a great day. And they're like, she's like. Toby, he's like, yes, Mandy, bucket, you name it, I somewhat, like, help me snap, out. I'm just in a, such a good mood, you gotta snap me out of this, help me, and she goes, well, okay, can you work with me and contact the Chinese government to send us a replacement for Lum Lum the panda bear, mm. and then they push into Toby, and Toby's face is just, like, frozen, and he's like, well, that did it. And then they, they, they like crash right into the thing. And that's, kind. Of, I, there's one shred of me that just kind of felt like, like I'm watching this movie and I'm like, okay, normally I don't go in for the end, but this is great. And it's, I, it's so fun. And then it's just like, it just kind of, it, it, it at one point it just pushed a little bit where I'm just like, okay, I, I just kind of snapped out of it. Like, all right, this, this is a little, but then I, then I took a deep breath and I'm like, what, if I was watching this with my kids, they would be going nutso and loving it. And, the, and so I, I, I banished that thought. I banished that thought for, because I'm like, I'm not, I'm being too, being too intense on the movie. I got to see it for what it is. And then I snapped right back and I went back to loving it 100%. Yeah. That was my journey. That was my journey. That was my Beethoven journey. journey. Good journey. Good journey.
1: I'm still thinking about the West Wing episode. Then get us two regular bears, a bucket of white paint, a bucket of black paint. Excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Someone snap me out of it. Well, Well,
0: that did it. <laughs> that did it. I mean, that's and that's what I think it was. Is I, I, but but then even though, and then when I was starting to be the grumpy person watching the movie, then all of a sudden, like Stanley Tucci and and the other lawyer guy were like, you know, they were just hilarious, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. were. They had that fantastic scene. I mean, I think it was at the end they were taunting the dogs, and then they turned around and there was all the was it Pitbulls or what was it? No, not Pitbulls. It was, was it Rottweiler's? It was Doberman's. In there, whatever. There was like Doberman's. Yeah. That's right. And there was like four or five of them. And the guy's like, ah, yeah. that was, that
1: was fun. I do like, was that Oliver Platt that had the part? And he was like, all right, I'm just, I'm just really excited. This is my first felony. I've committed a lot of misdemeanors, but I think this is yeah. my very first felony yeah yeah i, yeah. I could just, I could just watch an entire movie of those two
0: yeah yeah so it it was a, it was a fun movie it really it really truly was it was a it was a fun movie it, it 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 was different, and I think that's part of why I got like the grumpy old man kind of thing for a second mm-hmm. is Turner and Hooch had a real serious undertone to it, yeah, you know, canine. Like uh, that one had, I mean, Mm -hmm. it it was, they were, those, those were different movies than what this was. And I'm really glad that this movie is what it is, even though at first I'm like, Oh, well, it's not doing the same thing. Turner and Hooch did. That's okay. Because I can, I can watch this. I can watch this with really young kids and not worry about them having nightmares or me answering questions that are like, okay, well this is, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So Bo, you talked about watching this one and, and just kinda have the memories of watching like the the fun family film. Like what are some of the things when you knew this one was coming up on the show, what were some of the things that you that were like most memorable about it?
3: The the stuff I love is the dumb, like dog stuff when he's, when he digs out underneath the fence and escapes and Charles Grodin catches him running back in and he goes, that's how you did it. Mm-hmm. You know, of course that's how he did it. He's a dog. Mm-hmm. It, the Charles Grodin character, not just not knowing what a dog is like right. is some of the best stuff, you know, and watching him, watching him learn what it's like to have a furry friend is cool. You know? Yeah. And
0: I think Charles Grodin just pulls that off so well. He, he, this, it seemed to have like the tropes in it, the dad that's out of touch with the family and buried in his work and the dog, all the, but you don't kind of roll your eyes with it because I think Charles Grodin just did such a fantastic job with that role. All the actors did, because like I said, it was it, it, the way he delivered that, the looks and the faces and the, you know, you really, you, you could, uh, you could empathize with that.
1: Right. The, the list of people that we that we rattled off when we were doing the trivia part and talking about who else was up for the role of George, of that list of people, I'm thinking there's only two people that I think could have taken on this role and have made it the movie that it is. The rest of them, I think it would be a very different movie. Uh-huh. But, and the two, and, and you guys have already commented on a little bit, Charles Grodin or Steve Martin. I think either mm-hmm. one of those two because it just – Charles Grodin does such a great job of he he does have that kind of like Steve Martin attitude about him. He's a little mm-hmm. bit of the grumpy dad kind of a persona, but, you know, he he warms up when he needs to. I mean, it's, it's very much like Father of the Bride. Mm-hmm. Very, very much like that, except he doesn't have to pay for a dress for the dog. But mm-hmm. other than that.
3: But he probably would have if they asked. Probably. By the end.
1: Probably. Just pounds and pounds and pounds of kibble. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah never owned a dog really only really dog sat for littler dogs never quite well no that's a lie i did dog sit for dogs that big once i don't remember a bag of food that big but it was pretty big it's sort of impressive how much those larger animals can do
1: yeah i still will never forget we were going before we had pets we would. We have a lot of. My wife puts up a lot of bird feeders around the yard, and so we would go through bird seed quite a bit. And one of our favorite places that we used to go to pick up more bird seed was there's this like, oh, it, it's kind of like a feed supply store that's in a nearby town, Grace Lake. If you if you guys have ever been to that, it's like right by the railroad tracks as you go into downtown mm-hmm. Grace Lake. And we'd go in there and we would pick up bird seed and do that. Now, I remember going in there one time with with my son John when he was little. He was probably three maybe four at the time, probably about three. We go in there and we're going to pick up some bird seed. And of course people walk in with their, with their animals all the time. Like they'll bring their dogs in. There's dog treats in the store. There's all kinds of other stuff. This lady walks in with a great Dane. Oh. <laughs> and I remember John just like, I could tell I was holding his hand at the time and his entire body just tensed up and froze. Mm-hmm. And he just, he like started tugging on my hand. He's like, dad, dad, why did that lady bring her horse into the store? Yeah. I said, well, first of all, buddy, that's not a horse. That's a dog. No, it's not. Shoot. No, it, it actually is a dog. No, it's not. That's a horse. And he, uh, th- there was no way I could convince him that that was not a horse. But those things are huge. I can't even imagine how much. I mean, yeah, our, nuts, our, little, our little dog, if you gave him enough, he'd eat all of it. But he doesn't eat anywhere near that much. Mm-hmm. God, I can't even imagine how, how big, like that St. Bernard, like how much food you got to go through with one of those. We, if we have any listeners who own St. Bernard's, we'd love to hear more about how you afford to feed. Yeah. And how tell many us, liquor stores, us. how many liquor stores you knock over every month. Mm-hmm. Uh, inquiring minds want to know. All right. Do we, I, I feel like we've, I feel like we've said pretty much what we need to say about Beethoven. It's, it's kind of a, it's a cute, fun family movie. It's, you know, yes. it's, it's along the same vein. Like you said, Pat, it's it's not, it doesn't have a serious, of some of the undertones of like a Turner and Hooch kind of a deal. It's a little bit more lighthearted than that, but it's still got some of the same similar beats to one of mm-hmm. those. Uh, anything else we need to say about this one?
0: No, it's just a fun family movie.
1: Yeah. I remember watching it with the kids for the first time a couple years ago and they, they loved it. Yeah. So. Alright. Well, in that case, we are on to Three questions.
0: He asks each traveler five questions, three questions, three questions.
1: It's impossible to answer.
2: Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could
1: answer
2: that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. and I want to have them answered immediately.
0: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone
1: in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, three questions. Question number one. Actually, before we get to question number two, we weren't recording at the time, but uh, Pat did let his displeasure known about uh, question number two. So when we get there, there may be a, a, bit, of a, a bit of a tussle here mm-hmm. because Pat got angry at me for question number two that I asked.
0: No, no there's not going to be any anger. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make sure to answer the question. I'm gonna drink my drink. One drink.
1: You 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 spoke harsh words.
0: I
3: spoke harsh words.
0: Yeah.
1: I
3: got a little
0: scared that was,
1: I got a little scared there for a second.
3: That was
0: that was just my knee jerk reaction.
1: Okay. All right.
3: He's gonna reject your reality and substitute
1: his own. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. There we go. As as you do. Question number one. What's the largest animal you'd be comfortable being locked in a room with?
3: That's an interesting one. I, it, it, probably a large dog like a mastiff or a St. Bernard or something like I thought about a horse and pretty comfortable around horses, but locked in a room. I don't know. Uh,
0: yeah, you know, I, it's an interesting question that I got way too deep on. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how the animal is trained and how much do I know the animal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we have some family with very big dogs, and it's just like, the dog is like a sweetheart. Like, I know the dog. Like, all good, man. You know, my kids have started riding horses. We've gotten to know some of the horses at the barn, you know. Okay, like, I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah. But if I didn't know the animal, it could be a small dog. And I'd be like, yeah, do I really want to be locked in the
1: room with this thing? You know what I'm saying? so you, I, you basically have a little you have a little chihuahua sitting in the corner going, I'm not locked in here with you. Yeah, you're locked in <laughs>
0: here with me. Well, and then it's like, what what happens if the chihuahua is rabbit? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just there's so many. There's so many, there were so many different variances and conundrums and all that that presented itself with this question. I don't, you know what I'm saying?
1: Pat, I do know what you're saying. Pat just rejected I, I don't your question.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that, I think
1: that's what you're saying.
0: I think that's, I think that's what, maybe that's what I'm saying. Okay. Maybe
1: that's what I'm saying. You're, you're just fired up for the next question. That's the thing. I am, I am fired up for the next question. I can see you like flexing right now. Like you're you're ready to get into a fight over this. I
0: want to know what animal you will be locked in the room with.
1: The largest one I'd be willing to be locked in a room with, I think. See, I was trying to say like, how big do you go? I'm like, I don't think I'd want to be locked in a room with a horse. Because as much as I think horses can be very kind animals, they are also very large and very powerful. Yeah, you ever so, seen them
0: rear, rear up and kick.
1: Yeah, no. So I, I don't think Oof. so. So the largest animal, I and I guess maybe depending on the size of the room too. The largest animal I'd be willing to be locked in a room with, I'm gonna go with a cow. Because cows oh, okay. are okay. Cows are pretty docile. I mean, they're big, yeah. but they're also kind of they're just there. And not That's that right. I ever, not that I ever participated, but I know you can tip them. True that. Yep. So. Yep.
3: There it is. Yeah.
1: All right. The the moment that we've been waiting for. It's three questions. Yeah. Question number two. What is your favorite beef oven composition?
0: One composition. Yes. You're supposed to pick one composition.
1: One piece only, please. You guys ever seen Aaron Brockovich? I have. Yes, I'm wondering I, what I, line you're about to use. I want to see. See, that are just
0: you? pisses me off right there.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, was, I was wondering, like, where are you going to fit in the line that ends with, I'm very tired.
0: <laughs> go ahead, Bo. Why don't you lead off with this one?
3: Well, mine's probably a little simplistic, but. It's Beethoven. It doesn't matter. There's no wrong answer. There you go. Not, I'm um, not yelling at you. I'm shouting at the heavens. Understood. And unfortunately I'm the I'm I'm the not really good with this, so it's I'm not sure if I'm name if I'm if I really like the whole symphony or if I just like one piece of it. But the Ode to Joy section of the ninth symphony is it's classic, it's wonderful, it's fantastic, it's it's everything, you know? Yeah. So that's probably mine.
0: It's, it, I mean, yeah, that's just amazing.
1: For me, I, I kind of went back and forth on a couple of different pieces. I, I really like the Moonlight Sonata. Indeed. I think the one I got to go with though, and, and it's, it's for, again, for like simplistic reasons is I, I think I'm going to go with fur Elise. <laughs> is because one of our very, very first computers that we had, there were a couple of little tunes. I think it would play, I think, like, the startup sound was Ina Klein and music. Ah. Uh-huh. But I think it would also play Fur Elise at some point. And those were, like, as a kid, my dad worked for Texas Instruments, so we always had computers. But it was the, was that the, and I, I may be mixing this up, I think one of our first home computers was an IBM PC Junior. And I want to say it had a couple of little like MIDI sounding tunes that it would play. And I'm pretty sure Fur Elise was one of them. And so I just remember being just floored at the time as a kid that like a computer would play sound without being hooked up to a TV or anything else. I was like, whoa, this thing can play music. That's Mm -hmm. cool. It basically was like a little kid playing Fur Elise on a xylophone, but you know. Very simplistic, but I don't know. It seemed to me as a 10, what, nine, 10 year old, 11 year old, maybe, it just it seemed really cool at the time.
0: And it's, and it's the, it, it, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you what your thoughts are, but it's like, I'd prefer if you didn't. The, stri- I don't want to, I don't want to, I'm not trying to do that. I don't want to come across like that. But what hits me is that you've been the pot- pots playing. <laughs> yeah. God, I'm
1: getting the chance to use all of them tonight.
0: The, the power of what he wrote comes through even when it's just through a, like a computer sound. I mean, that's what it's like, man, you can,
1: the the simplicity is, yeah.
0: The simplicity is, but I mean, it still has all that punch. Yeah. Right. It still has. Yeah. So.
1: All right, Pat, I apologize in advance, but what's your,
0: you know what I went, I went back and forth and back and forth I and back did. and forth. I mean, it was
1: back and to the left,
0: back and to the left. And so, I, my favorite Beethoven composition would have to be his nine symphonies. Okay. I, I, I'm just gonna say all nine symphonies uh-huh. because I, I'm, a, and it's funny because I did not listen to much music other than jazz music. Until I got to college, right? like when I was in like seventh and eighth grade, that's right when I got into like eighties rock and so i I would listen to that, but like majority of stuff I listened to was like jazz and all that i had, i was I had a passing knowledge of of classical music and all that, and it was when I got to college that suddenly, yep, yeah, you had to take music history classes, and then all the senior students in the studio were like you've never heard a Mahler symphony. You, you've never heard a Beethoven. Well, i I probably heard it, but,
1: How dare and then you? it,
0: well, yeah, well, and then it was, it was kind of like, it, it's like, it's like going through life, holding your breath, dude, take a breath. Oxygen is pretty good. Like that kind of thing. And I remember like when suddenly they would, we sat down and they were like, okay, we're going to tonight, come on over to our house. We're going to listen to all nine Beethoven symphonies. Right. And it was like, it was sort of like Keanu Reeves in the matrix where suddenly the the camera shakes and it's, it's like, give me more kind of thing. And I, I, it it was, it was a pretty awesome experience because it was like, everything was new and it was exciting, blah, 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 blah. And Beethoven's music just always. and, And, and I mean, he, like Beethoven is one of the names that even if you're not a music person, everybody knows Beethoven. Now they might have to like, okay, is he the one that did this or he, but you know, it's like the household name. And I, I, I love it's a household name. It is. And it's a full, I love full symphonies, orchestra music and it's just his nine symphonies are just amazing. And like, I'm going to get, I'm sorry. I'm going to get on a little bit on the music teacher. Like, dude, would someone shut that guy up kind of thing? But it's like, if you look at his symphonies from one through nine, it is such a transition from, the high classical period and the forms and everything there and then he would put his little wrinkles and changes and experimentation in it that as you listen you hear it transition into the romantic era and really sets up all the the music that came in the period that followed it a lot of which is like a direct influence on the movie composer music, you know what I'm saying? So he was such a, he did such amazing work just advancing what you could do with music as a whole. And the other thing is like, for some reason, like the stuff he hits for he writes for me has such emotional impact. The stuff that's anguish, you feel it. The stuff that's triumphant, it's epic. The stuff that's supposed to be humorous, you laugh out loud with, with what he's doing. And I mean, it's just, like I said, I'm very, very taken with the music. And then when you throw in that he suffered from like tinnitus and like he couldn't, he had that ringing, he couldn't hear. And, and it was more than just deafness. Like he had this, this constant ringing in it. And, and, and that's like, that was his, what he was dealing with and the depression that, you know, and all this kind of thing, you, you just hear that in his music. So if I had to pick a favorite composition, I would say the nine symphonies. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, if anyone needs a recommendation, check out Chicago Symphony Orchestra, the complete Beethoven recordings directed by Sir George Schulte. Phenomenal. Again, everybody out there that's like throwing things at their TV while listening to us. It's like, yes, I know there's other orchestras that do phenomenal jobs. And yes, I'm biased because I'm a trumpet player and I'm from Chicago. So of course, I'm going to say CSO, but it's amazing music. And it it's just like like listen to it it is amazing music if that's all i had to listen to for the rest of my life okay then uh, then okay i mean it's it is amazing music
1: so before I, before we go on to question number 3 i do want to interject really fast and say i think what bo was it you or was it jeff or somebody forwarded me Something on Facebook about the CSO and they're doing those uh, live movie performances where they show the movie and yes. they play the music live. That, yes. this, yeah, like
3: they do at Ravinia.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This year the CSO is doing Amadeus.
3: Oh, oh very nice. And I'm like, and you already have tickets, right? John? Oh,
1: I, I might be getting tickets soon. Yeah. The other ones are doing Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh. They're doing The Force Awakens. They're doing The Princess Bride, and I feel like there might have been one other one. That I'm completely blanking out on. The other thing, though, in the midst of all this, I think it might be in February or March, John Williams is going to guest conduct, and he's going to, awesome. uh, they're going to do some of his music. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah, look look up the schedule, because it's. I, I looked at it, and I was like, I don't know if I can bring myself to pay that much for a ticket, but it would be a yeah, lot you can. of fun. I, yeah, could. You can. I could, yeah. you could. I could, mean, yeah. you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah,
0: you can. And, and, and like I said, and I, I, yeah, man, it's just, there's so much great music out there and even like, and I'm just going to, okay. And just put it on mute and go to question three and ignore me. But I mean, even if people think, oh man, that's just out of my wheelhouse or I don't understand it and all that go see a performance. Right. And I mean, there's times that even if it's a local symphony or a local ensemble, or you get to a, a summer festival somewhere or your local symphony there's matinees. And like, I just encourage you to check out music out there that maybe you're not comfortable with. Do a little research, do a little research on it. You don't have to do like, read term papers, but read like the program notes because there's such humanity in this incredibly well-written, like a Beethoven symphony. It's like, you'll, you'll experience a lifetime in listening to it. And it's, it's just so masterfully written. So anyways, but all of beethoven's music and like i said i'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination and it's it's going to be a lifetime of study to get it so yeah. and i'm a, and i'm going long-winded and i'm just going to say a book recommendation if anyone's interested check out beethoven's hair by i i think it's i think the author's last name is martin i want to say george martin but that that sounds like the guy that did
1: it's like game of thrones
0: that's game of thrones i can't remember what the guy's name was, Russell Martin, Martin and Russell, Martin Russell. Okay. The, I had a mystery, okay, the, com-
1: the mysteries of Beethoven's hair.
0: Yes. And it's incredible. And the, the quick byline is when Beethoven died, one of his young apprentices or assistants or someone uh, you know, clipped a lock of his hair, which mm-hmm. I guess was common and then held on to it. And then it, that it traces kind of what was happening with Beethoven It traces where this hair went. Somehow they kept it out of the hands of the Nazis and through war-torn Europe and all that kind of thing to where it was discovered. Now, this book might even be 15, 20 years old at this point, but it was discovered, and they did, well, at the time, modern forensic analysis on it and found out kind of what Beethoven's cause of death was, why he was losing his, and found out all this information about Beethoven, and then they go back and kind of talk a little bit about, about Beethoven. I mean, it, it is an awesome book and it's, I don't want to give too much away, but it's, uh, it's very cool stuff.
1: Was was that also the story I heard where they took that lock of hair and it eventually ended up in the hands of Lex and Lenny Luther. um, Yeah. And they attached it to a nuke that then got thrown into the sun and, and it became a very musical nuclear man.
0: It is a very, very musical nuclear man. Yeah. So Nice. Now question 3 we just uh, we just discussed like symphonies and that. Question 3 is about his lake string quartets, right?
1: <laughs> yes, sure. Okay. Yeah.
0: Cuz let me tell you about my feelings are on those.
1: Pat's Pat's got questions 2A, 2B, 2C, <laughs> 2D. I mean, at this point it's kind of like hurricanes. We're going to start going into like the Greek letters.
0: Yeah. Well, all I'm going to say is thank you guys for letting me indulge uh something that I get pretty excited about and I'm still too ignorant about it for my own good, I but I just, I love Beethoven's music and it's just, uh, yeah, go check it out. So I'm sorry,
1: I'm well, sorry. I, I, no, 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 Don't don't apologize. I, I let but, you keep talking for two reasons. Number one, because you are very passionate about it and it's fun to hear you geek out about it because <laughs> we, we know next to nothing about music. And I because I, I was screaming at you before we started recording. <laughs> no, 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 reason number two is I don't happen to have on my soundboard just yet the Oscars music that you start playing when the speaker is speaking <laughs> too long. <laughs> there it is. Once I get get on that, once I get that, then, you know, it'll, it'll be done. But yeah. All right. Question number three, favorite movie with an animal in a leading role. Oh, this is hard. And you are also, even though I don't know exactly what he is, you're also free to choose animal from the Muppets. If that's your animal. Oh, Mm, well now. Woman,
3: woman. Woman, (laughs) woman. Well, if you want Animal in a leading role, I've always loved it. I believe it's coming up in a couple of months or perhaps next year. The Incredible Journey. or Bound.
1: yes. Yeah, I believe that might be next year.
3: I know I've, this is that weird time of year where we just voted on next year's movies, so I'm all confused. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that one's next year. So cool. No, that's a good one.
0: Patrick, what do you got? I'm going to say Jaws, but does that count? Absolutely. Okay, then I'm going to say Jaws, because Jaws is one of my top ten movies.
1: If I felt like um, you were jumping the shark, I'd let you know.
0: Yeah, there it is, there it is. And and go back and listen to our 40th or 45th, whatever anniversary we did of Jaws, yeah. but Jaws is such a great movie on so many different levels. I guess ironic that I'm going to pick it for an animal movie, because I guess if, if people were going to pick the one knock on it is that it kind of misrepresents sharks a little bit, kind of makes them into the big evil monsters as opposed to just animals that are we encroaching in their area? Like that whole discussion. So that's okay. Um, Cause the
1: one I'm going to pick totally misrepresents that breed of animal too. So
0: there it is. There it is. There it is. So I guess I would say, I guess I'd say jaws. I'd go back and listen to a recording, but yeah, tons of fun movie. And, um, And uh, that's what I have to have to say about that. I was also big. We were also big Benji fans. Did anybody ever watch? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, love the Benji movies. Yeah. They actually filmed one of the Benji movies in a town that I lived in. Mm Hmm. Okay. They filmed part of one of the Benji movies in McKinney,
0: Texas. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? And I guess I'd have to just throw on there the honorable mentions. Like I grew up, we loved the Black Stallion. Mm Hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a, that, what a wonderful movie that was. And, uh, you know, all the, all the horse movies that are out. now. Nice. Secretariat's really good. Yeah.
1: I was surprised you didn't list a movie with a pair of humpback whales named George and Gracie. I,
3: uh, yeah, you could, you could <laughs> well, say. You, know, you want to say lead character? I don't oh, know yeah. if that, but yes, I agree. George and Gracie always win. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, she is not your whale. So mine is, I'm, I'm going to go like way far back. For mine. And, and as you said, Pat, mine is going to very much rep- misrepresent the species of animal that is the featured character in this movie. I am going all the way back to, and now that I think about it, maybe we'll do an episode on this next year, all the way back to 1933. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going with the Faye Ray, Marion Cooper, Bruce Cabot, Robert Armstrong, King Kong. Ah. Uh- There you go. I cannot tell you the amount of times I watched that movie growing up as a kid, just over and over and over again. I loved that movie as a kid. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be mine. Yes. There are all kinds of lovable examples of, you know, Turner and Hooch and Benji and, you know, all that stuff. But I, if I, if I think of one of the movies that just has an animal as the, one of the major characters and one that I just was enamored with from day one, I got to go with the original 1933 King Kong. Ah, there you go. There you go. Fay Ray is such a screamer. <laughs> I don't know if we have, you don't get too many chances to scream like that as much anymore in, in Hollywood movies, but yeah, that would be a good three question. Like what person <laughs> do you think could scream as well as some of those older movie actresses like Fay Ray and right. Hmm, I don't know. That's mine though. I'm gonna go with the the big ape. I could have gone with like Planet of the Apes. Could have gone Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah. Chronicles I'm, I'm, of Narnia. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with King. Oh, Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. Ghost in the Darkness. Yeah. Island of Doctor Moreau. Mm-hmm. It's not a good movie. It's entertaining. It's not a good movie. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm, no, I'm I'm gonna stick with King Kong. Fun comic book, though, since we're giving recommendations. You know, you gave the book recommendation. I'm going to give a fun comic book recommendation. A few years ago, there was a, oh, i got to make sure I get the company right. I think it's Boom Comics did a Mm -hmm. limited series, and it was Kong on the Planet of the Apes. Oh. So it was King Kong somehow ended up in the midst of the Planet of the Apes characters. Hmm. It was kind of fun. Hmm. Yeah, it was very crazy and kind of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting.
1: All right, very, very quickly, I don't think I've mentioned, I don't know if I've mentioned this before while we've been recording, but from time to time, I will post up if we mentioned something. So like the, the Beethoven's hair book that Pat mentioned. And typically, if, if I mention, you know, the, the comic book or something like that, I've tried to send out some links on Facebook and Twitter and, and those kind of places to Amazon with the some of the things that we've talked about, if they are things that you can purchase. So to go get a copy of the movie King Kong, to go get a copy of the mysteries of beethoven's hair book things like that if you do that that is one other way if if you're not one of our patreon co-executive producers or even if you are that is another way you can help support the show is it's part of the one of the amazon associates programs so if you purchase things through those links then a little bit of that comes back to us and just kind of helps keep the lights on here so so if you do that, I will I will tend to send those out from time to time on. Usually when we're about to put out one of our episodes, I will send out some links with some related merchandise. So for the merchandising, feel free to click on those links and, and go check those out. All right, gents, that's going to do it for Beef Oven. What do we got coming up here soon? We have got, that's actually finishing us off for the month of July, <laughs> and August is zooming right ahead. We are about two-thirds of the way through this year so far. And if you thought Pat was excited to talk about Beethoven and his musical compositions, mm-hmm. August, our August Patreon is Best Motorcycle Movies.
3: Strap in, everybody.
1: Yeah, man. If you want to hear Pat transform from human into a pile of goo... <laughs> feel free to come listen to our Patreon episode in which he begins to talk about best motorcycle movies and just completely pulls a constable Odo and just melts into the floor. That's right. No,
0: I've been holding the state too long. I need to revert to my liquid state.
1: There you go. I don't need the bucket anymore. Mr. Bucket. So that Bunk is our Patreon fun. episode. Book, it's so fun. So that's our Patreon episode coming up soon. Our Patreon shorts, we've got a couple of Patreon short episodes that are coming up. I've been talking with Jeff a little bit, and he wants to try to get on to some of those. So we might do something Stranger Things related for one of those. I have no idea how we're going to keep that to 15 minutes. So I'm not sure that can be a Patreon short episode. But one of our Patreon shorts I'm not sure about for the month of August. We're still working that one out. The other one will be the movie Creep Show from 1982. I... Watched that movie way too young, and I really, really enjoy it. So I'm going to try to keep myself to about 15 minutes talking about that one, too. But those will be our Patreon shorts for this next month. Coming up in our regular episodes next week is Sneakers, the Robert Redford, Sydney Poitier movie. Sneakers has nothing to do with tennis shoes, but one of our three questions will. And then we've got Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Captain Ron, Wayne's World, Wayne's World Party Time. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) And then White Men Can't Jump, which... Describes two thirds of your hosts right here.
0: Oh, I, I, well, I don't know, I, John. Unless you got some ups and you were talking about Bo and I, or Bo, you got some ups and you're talking about John and I. I don't jump very high either.
1: I bet you jump higher than we do. I doubt that. Okay,
3: you All keep right. telling yourself that.
1: All right. I mean, I, I can, I can jump. It just depends on how, if I can't find the step stool and how high the bottle of scotch is in the shelves in the <laughs> kitchen. So. Or, or well, where don't... someone or where someone has hidden the donuts, but other than that, <laughs> not doing a whole lot of jumping. Otherwise, uh, all right, folks, thank you for joining us. As always, we, we appreciate each and every one of you. Our Patreon folks, thank you so much for continuing to support us and communicate with us and just being great, great friends that we've gotten to know uh, over our time here on the podcast. We appreciate every single one of you. We appreciate all of you coming back here week in and week out. I meant to tell you guys, I, I got one of those uh, reports that we get from time to time on how we're doing on certain charts on the different oh. iTunes stores. We were... Did I Maybe I told you this last time. We were like number two in Latvia. Really? Right. Right yeah. Well. And I even like I, I taught myself some Latvian enough to say like thank you and then I completely forgot it. So I'll have to do it next time. Okay. There you go. And I don't know if we're number two in Latvia anymore, but. We were for a little bit. It was good while it lasted. I mean, you got to. When you hit your peak, you just enjoy it. Exactly. So. so. That's all you can do. So thank you, Latvia. We're very happy to be here. I yeah, gee whiz! Thank yeah. you so much. So, all right, that's going to do it, gentlemen. Thank you as always for being here with me.
3: Thank, thank you, you John.
1: John. All right, everybody, be excellent to each other. We're going to see you back here next time for sneakers. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next week. <laughs>